Shadow Factories presents Tales from the Aletheian Society, Chapter 4, Devil Take the Hindmost. The one known as Gillespie. Just Gillespie. No first name? Is that correct? Aye, ma'am. I suffered the dreadful loss of my Christian name many years ago in a heinous incident. Mine now not the same incident as with Dr. Pritchard, Lord rest and keep him. This was another incident altogether. Indeed. Well then, and you are the castellan of Hunt House in Glasgow, yes? Aye, ma'am. I've had the privilege for many years now. Well then, perhaps you can tell us about the events that led to several of the most terrible relics entrusted to your care, ending up in the hands of common criminals. Aye, ma'am. I've a tale to tell, and it's no a pretty one. It's a story of calumnies, liberties and defiance of the natural order. Silence! Silence! And in your estimation, Mr. Gillespie, who is responsible for these offences? Yon flubberous, whiskery old rum over there. It's all his fault. You treacherous cur, Gillespie. I'll have you horsewhipped, boiled in oil, diced and fed to pigs. Tribune, you can't possibly trust this cadaverous old ghoul. He's had it in for me from the get-go. Silence, Dr. Cadwallader, or I shall have you removed to the oubliette of sorrowful reflection. Let the record show that the witness has indicated Dr. Cadwallader. Please, Mr. Gillespie, let us know exactly what happened. After running amok in the sacred vaults and pawing in a most unseemly manner through the personal effects of the late Dr. Pritchard, Lord rest his soul, I didn't think there was much more damage Dr. Cadwallader could do. I was to be proven very wrong. Well... This Patterson fellow's waited years. I dare say he can wait until after we finish off a bite of late supper. Have Mrs. Gillespie whip up something. No need to go to any special trouble. Three or four courses should do the trick. But, Doctor, this is a situation most urgent. We cannot be stopping to stuff our faces. And, frankly, a man in your condition is hardly needing a three-course meal. My condition? Madam, my body is like a great locomotive, sturdy and powerful, built for the long haul, not the short sprint. But like any engine, it requires sufficient fuel and lubrication to run at optimum levels. 
I have hardly eaten a morsel since that light breakfast this morning. I'm quite famished too, darling. Perhaps we could just squeeze in a few mouthfuls before dashing off and getting into mortal peril again? Aye, I hate to agree with the doctor, but I could use a set down in a copper. Ugh, but this is intolerable. I shall never become used to you English and your damnable stopping of everything for tea. Oi, watch who you're calling English. You don't see me calling you German. German? <laughs> Schweizerdeutsch is completely different to German. The comparison is laughable. <coughs> yeah. hmm. Ah. Well, why don't we pop through to the drawing room and take some tea while we wait for supper? Aye, well, I'll get Mrs Gillespie to round up whatever's available, if you'll excuse me. Yes, beetle off. Make yourself useful for a change, instead of hanging around our necks like an albatross. Aye, a drink and a green marsh biscuiting wallopper, you horrible little shite you've never seen. So in the midst of great alarms, the big pudding there sat down to stuff his face, squandering the society's time and resources to satiate his own monstrous appetites. And of course he roundly ignored your judgement about the consumption of liquor on the premises. <sighs> Meanwhile, I had to endure endless opprobrium in return for my loyal services. Hmm. My compliments to the chef. How you managed to remain a walking skeleton with a wife who cooks like that, Gillespie, I can't imagine. I presume you probably find eating just as sinful as drinking, eh? Well, more for the rest of us, I say. It's true. I don't believe a man should be enslaved to his earthly desires. My eyes are focused on the dear redemption instead. Bah! If good behaviour buys me an eternity in your company, Gillespie, I'm quite content to be going elsewhere. Anyway, enough of your pod snappery. Avaunt to those dark regions from whence you came and don't come forth again until summoned. I say, Doctor, you're deuced hard on that poor fellow. I'm sure he's doing his best. Now that you are having feasted, perhaps we can finally pay some attention to the pressing business of the society, the hunt for Dr. Patterson. I um, certainly won't be too hard to find. I lifted Pritchard's address book while Gillespie was waxing lyrical about the virtues of his dear departed master. But why did you no just say that then? Because frankly, I don't trust Gillespie. He's far too keen on Pritchard for my tastes. Like as not, he was up to his bony elbows and whatever the good doctor was doing. Plus, the convenient way that the vault was robbed just before we arrived makes me think he might have had a hand in it. What? In the vault? Like a evil hand of some kind? No, darling, we put the evil hand in the vault this morning. Except then we took it out again because the vault has been compromised. Well, now I really am confused. I thought that was your hand you brought back. But now we learn that it belongs to Gillespie. The plot thickens. Something thickens anyway. 
In any case, I suggest we take a few minutes to allow digestion, then accouter ourselves for housebreaking and general mayhem. We shall meet back here at half past nine, then make our way outside. Godalming can drive us in the carriage. The address is less than a mile away. Have we got an alibi? In case the police catch us breaking into some doctor's house. Hmm. I rather fancy that the Roxboroughs could be found standing over a cooling corpse, murder weapon in one hand and signed confession in the other, and they'd still be giving nothing more than a slap on the wrist. The rest of us, however, are not so fortunate. Ah, I see no other alternative. If we're caught, we must try and pin it on Jesse. Oi! Think rationally, dear girl. You're an obvious criminal element. We can claim we were trying to stop you stealing the silver or something. Nobody will question our involvement then. You can save the society from a potentially catastrophic scandal. How's about? Blow it out your arse. I'm not going to the jail again. No for you at any rate. We cannot ask Jessie to sacrifice her freedom for ours. I suppose not. No, she is still quite young and has a life ahead of her. If anyone should be sacrificed upon the altar of necessity, it should be the oldest member, the one closest to death in any case. How dare you, madam? I am in my prime. I've got decades of service left to give. Aye. Brannigan old walloper goes on a tear and smashes up hoose. Sounds like a good cover to me. We can just say we came to get you back into bed where you belong at this late hour. So now I'm supposed to be senile as well, am I? Shall I dribble a bit too? Would that help the performance? Oh, no, no, no. Inebriated and confused, Doctor. Not actually senile, per se. Yes, I think this could work out quite nicely. Perhaps it should be our standard operating procedure in these kind of cases. How about bloody not? I'm in charge, so here's the new rule. If you get caught, I'm going to shoot you myself. Now bugger off and get ready, you shower of useless gongooslers. I could hear the great devil shouting and roaring at his fellow illuminates. It was obvious that, unlike Dr. Pritchard, he couldn't lead through respect, so instead he had to use fear. Everybody here? Right then. Arthur, what are you wearing? What? Oh, the Schwangerhosen. They helped me to focus on my training. Well, they look bloody ridiculous. Take them off. You can't be wandering about the streets of Glasgow at night wearing sackcloth French knickers over your normal clothes. Well, all right, but it seems unfair if the opponent doesn't have anywhere to grab me. Dear Arthur, so sporting. I am not a great one for lessons, but here's one you can take to the Bank of England. Sporting gets you dead. You can die all you want on your own time, but when you're in society business and you get in a scrap, you shoot first. And preferably you shoot them in the back, before they even know they're in a fight. Come now, Dr. Cadwallader. We want an empire through fair play and pluck. The people of every other nation look up to us as the moral gold standard for decency. Well, if they do, they're damn fools. We want an empire the same way as every other set of buggers throughout history. Red bloody slaughter. Still, I imagine with all of Cardwell's coddling, the British army will be too lily-livered to use more than harsh language in future. So perhaps you'll get your wish after all, Arthur. Well, I've got no problem doing what needs to be done. I am bringing my palm pistols, but I hope I shall have no need of them. Muff pistols, eh? Have you test-fired today? No. 
Why? Keeps the inner workings dry. Lessens the chance of a misfire. Do it every day from now on. Any advice for me, Dr. Cadwallader? I've traded out my service revolver for these lovely pearl-handed American beauties. Smith and Wessons, they're called. My advice would be don't point them at me. In fact, better yet, don't touch them at all unless I expressly tell you to. Rather keep friendly fire to a minimum. I found this wee beauty in the gun room. Hmm, hammer guns are generally meant for hunting, but I suppose it'll do the trick. You won't have to be too neat with it. Careful you don't catch any of us in the spread, though. What a group of desperados we look. Like something out of the American Wild West. Yee-haw! Stick em up! A masterful twenty seconds before you felt compelled to disobey orders and haul them out, eh, Arthur? Right, these barkers are coming with me. You can have them back when I no longer deem you a greater threat to us than the enemy. Don't hold your breath. Dash it all. I'm such a confounded dunderhead. A stout Jemmy and a Beaumont Adams will do me, so it looks like we're set. Godalming, bring the carriage round now. Very good, sir. Right. Everyone conceal your weaponry and out to the carriage, quick as you like. We might not be able to muster military precision, but let's try not to make a complete Dutch reckoning of the affair, eh? Best foot forward. Although they didn't tell me where they were heading in the middle of the night, it was obvious to anyone with half an ear that nay good would come of their nocturnal shenanigans. I could only offer my prayers that the good Lord watch over them. This garden wall is a stroke of luck. Will give us a bit of cover as we go about our skullduggery. There's a couple of lights lit upstairs, but we can't afford to loiter here until Patterson goes to sleep. Just a jiffy, I'll jemmy open the back gate, then the rest of you advance as quietly as possible towards the back door of the house itself. From there we- I say, Dr. Cadwallader. Hush, Arthur. We're planning an assault. I know, it's just that- No, now is not the time, Arthur. You should have gone before we left. Dr. Cadwallader! Arthur is trying to tell you that the door has already been forced. Blazes! Right, step short, quiet as you like. Dash it, now he's said it. I do need to go. I do the house is done in as well. And is that music? Patterson has dash peculiar taste. Almost sounds like one of those dreadful tuneless barrel organs you hear on street corners. It's coming for you up the stairs. I don't like this one little bit. In! This place has been in the wars. Do you think this fellow's Patterson? What's with a monkey? And what was making the music? Lady Roxborough, check if the fella's alive. Everybody else, keep your weapons pointed at the monkey. I've seen enough of the dark arts to suspect that little bugger's bad news. He is alive. Badly beaten and suffering monkey bites, but still conscious. Sir, can you hear me? The monkey! Don't let it near you. The thing is evil. Good enough for me. Let's deal with the brute. Jesse, flank it. I'll close and give it what for with a jemmy. Come along then, Darwin. Who's a good little monkey? 
I don't think that's a good monkey, Doctor. Mere like a nasty wee turd in a fur coat, if you ask me. He seems unusually aggressive for a capuchin. He may have contracted hydrophobia. Oh, the poor thing. Well, then this will come as a blessed relief for the little blighter. <laughs> Nimble little bugger, ain't he? Arthur, fetch that poker and help me. Jesse, keep the fouling piece on him. If he gets past us, let him have both barrels. Sophia, see what you can get out of our friend here. Dr. Patterson, one presumes. You're them, aren't you? The society. The ones that got poor Edward mixed up in the occult. You seem unusually well informed for a member of the public, Dr. Patterson. I assume you do not approve. Approve? <laughs> the things you people involved him in broke his mind. Destroyed his family. And saw him executed as a criminal. If it were up to me, the whole lot of you would be hanged. But I'll settle for exposing you and letting justice take its course. Bugger softly, softly. Have at the little brute. Exposing us how, Dr. Patterson? And who has administered such a beating to you? Was it the Capuzin? Well, my plans have clearly gone awry in any case. I was not expecting her to betray me, to keep some relics for herself. More fool me, I suppose. The mantelpiece! By Jingo, we've got it now! You were behind the sefts? And now you have been betrayed by your own cat's paw, then? Yes. Once you got a taste for it, there was no stopping her. I wanted to show the world proof that my friend had been <clears throat> corrupted by the supernatural forces of your society. Judging by her actions so far, she seems to want nothing more than power. And once she realises what she's really got, there'll be no stopping her. And what exactly has she got? Oh, no, you don't. I needed muscle. People who weren't afraid to do illegal things. I managed to get in contact with a rather radical criminal group called the Ribbon Men. I paid them handsomely to bring me the bottle. Told them, most specifically, to touch nothing else. But their leader got greedy. They must have pocketed some of the other relics and then realised they had supernatural abilities when they began to suffer the effects. I offered to double the money but by that time she'd already managed to utilise what she'd got and wouldn't be parted. See wees packem parabellum. <laughs> she sent the ribbon men to get my notes, my evidence, the secrets I was able to tease out of Pritchard. When they were done, they left that damnable thing over there to torment me to death. Once she's read those notes, she'll know exactly how powerful the wishing bottle is and the safest way to use it. This explains the strange death. But two things must we now know. Firstly, who is the leader of these ribbon men? Secondly, where do they lair? Out the way, you pair of diddies. I've got this! Her real name is Eva O'Hara, although apparently she's now going by the title The Ribbon Queen. I found her at a railway workers' public house called The Granite City, near the Caledonia Road Church in the Gorbals. Gob. Is this is a real word? Well, the beastly thing is off up the chimney. We've set it to flight at least. We can call that an honourable draw. 
Did you say the Caledonia Road Church? We simply must make time for a look as we're passing. Lovely bit of Greek revival architecture. Thompson's terribly underrated, you know. Oh, hi. We've got a crazy woman running around Glasgow turning people into wax with a magic bottle. But by all means, let's stop and have a wee midnight gop at some old building instead of dealing with it. Well, on the way back then? We need to hit that pub, but we should get Patterson back to Hunter House. I've told you everything I know. I'm not going anywhere with you. <coughs> I'd sooner die than place myself in your hands. Easily arranged, Dr. Patterson. I'm not one for leaving loose ends. No. Dr. Cadvalida, misguided as this man may be, he believed he was acting for the greater good. Without his proof, he is no threat to us now, and we have, as you British say, bigger fish to fry. Very well, Patterson, you've got a reprieve. But we'll be revisiting this as soon as we've dealt with the mess you've created. Don't make us come looking for you. I won't be inclined towards leniency a second time. They were gone most of the night. Only later was I to learn that they'd been involved in burglary, wanton destruction of property, animal cruelty, and the savage beating of a prominent Glasgow physician. And that was just their first stop. Append those charges to the docket. Oh, I'd leave a good bit of room on that docket, Tribune. There's mere to add. It all pales next to the good doctor's next escapade, causing a sectarian riot. Quite a rough-looking area, this Gobbles, eh? Rough? Aye. One of the worst Irish slums in Glasgow. Pack them in like canned sardines after the famine. You think this is bad? You should see District 14 over on the other side of the river. The stench is intolerable. How do people live like this? Poorly, one imagines. The Irish were terribly foolish to plant all just one crop, though. It's like no one ever taught them the basics of horticulture. You think they had a choice? All the good land was given over for cattle farming. All the corn was sold in England. It was tatties or starve. Oh, all very well blaming the English. But as with everywhere in the empire, you wouldn't get hands turned down if there wasn't a long line of locals willing to do over their countrymen for a slice of the profits. Aye, that sounds like Edinburgh, right enough. We should take a day trip through to Edinburgh once all this blows over. I've heard it's a marvel of a city. We hardly got a look at it from the train station. Yes, I would most like to speak with the Edinburgh Seven. Such inspiring ladies. You've explained it and explained it, darling, but I still don't understand why they just can't settle for being midwives. It's a perfectly respectable profession. That way, they wouldn't have to upset the apple cart and get everyone cross. Enough! Don't get distracted. We're in enemy territory now. This is the place. All right. Godalming, you stay stag out here and keep the carriage ready to go. The rest of you, keep a calm head. Excuse me. Excuse me. Now I'll have... Oh, is that Puccine? Yes. Four of those, please. Awful sorry, your lordship. We've just called last orders. Oh, no. He's not the lord. I am. 
My family owns simply oodles of land in Ireland. I'm practically one of you people. I think yous had better be on your way. We're looking for the Ribbon Queen or any of the Ribbon Men. And what would ye be wanting with the good lads of the Ribbon Men? Looking to join the cause, maybe? We wish to relieve them of the things they have stolen. The items they are using to commit murders. You want to take them back to your whoremasters, is what you mean? God put those things in our hands, and I'm sure as hell not letting go of them. I've had just about enough of this. You and the others who were sitting with you, down on the floor. Hands where I can see them. Everybody else, two steps back. (laughs) You're making a big mistake, my friend. A very big mistake. Oh, it's that awful noise again. Stop that. Whatever you're doing, stop it, or I swear I'll blow your bloody brains out. Too late for that, Yolix. Malak Dart. That monkey wee bastard's back again. But where did it come from? How did it follow us? Could somebody have taught it to hell a cab? This creature must be supernatural. The music, a sign of its manifestation. What? So it's a ghost or something like that? Possibly. Would explain how hard it was to hit before. Judging by the bite marks on Dr. Patterson, I think we say for a certainty that it can hurt us. Yon sail! Oh God, get it off me! Get it off me! The bastards are shooting at us! Get him! Allie, I got one, Sophie. I got. Arthur, my love, back, you devils! Here you go, you plundering English bastard! Right, let's get out of here. Doctor Cadwallader's been shot. The constabulary are coming. We can't explain all this. You carry Cadwallader. I'll get Arthur. We must get away. I. Oh God! Look at the blood. Godalming, didn't he spare the horses? Get us away from here! Very good, Mum. The Alethian Society are Rhiannon Swan Price, Chris Edwards, Jude Reed, Henry Sullivan, Lindis Kim, Graham Jameson, Simeon Ewing, Gerard Kurth, Jamie Stewart, and Rich Keeling as Godalming. Devil Take the Hindmost was written by Chris Edwards and Jude Reed. Studio recording and original music were by Stu Goff. Tune in next time for episode 5, Death Masks. <laughs> <laughs>